Hello, dear listeners of the Mad Scientist Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, with my co-host, Marie Mayhew. What's going on? What's the story? Oh, What are we up to? Doing so good, Marie. So actually, this episode, listeners, we are we're going to we're redoing the very first episode of this show (laughs) because we've run out of things to talk about. (laughs) Sorry for the clip show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Greatest hits. Next season, Chris and Marie become robots. We go back in time. We're going to have celebrity appearances. I find out pirates. I find out I've got a I've got a. A son from Azerbaijan who comes over to kind of spice things up. He's cute. Oh You're going to love him. Um, <sighs> and then they turn out to be aliens. Right, and then it was all it was all a dream. It this, was all um, a dream. Yes, they're actually dead. This is this episode. I've so this episode really is kind of the crux question of the whole show. Like why we do the show. Why? I started the podcast and then why I eventually mm-hmm. asked Marie to come on and why I got involved with other podcasts. And like, I'm sure Marie, the same reason you got involved with astonishing legends, yep. um, you know, and we, and we met in New York, like mm-hmm. it's this question ultimately of what, what do you do with paranormal beliefs in the 21st century? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like what, like what do you yeah. do with them? Do, 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 they, do, with yeah. do they have any place here? And so, That's basically what we're going to get into this episode. So, Jake, uh, roll the tape. So, Marie. Yes. Chris, I'm on it. I'm ready. (laughs) We're so ready. So. So ready. The the first. I okay. Recently. With the UFO stuff and everything else. Mm-hmm. And even if with my own work with like groups like Skyhub or just mm-hmm. like talking to people that are interested in this stuff, I've really asked myself this question an awful lot recently, I feel like, of is it ethical to let someone believe something that isn't true? <laughs> or like is it is it is it well, ethical just go straight to in for it? All well, right, like right. I so think it's a really softball imp- question, man. I, yeah, awesome. we're starting we're starting softball. I think that it's a, I think it's a really important question because no, especially especially like in an age where this is the first time I think in a lot of people's lives where other people's beliefs have negatively impacted them in either direction, really. Yes. Agree. Yes. And, you know, and, and it's because of COVID, but really other people. It's pe- because of a lot of things. It's, yes. It is. It's because of a lot of things. But I think COVID is kind of the main viewpoint here, right? You know, regardless of if you think vaccines are real or not, or masks are real or not, or whatever, which this show endorses the view, of course, held by science that they are real. Vaccines are. Both of them are. And masks <laughs> yeah. are important. So please wear yes. them. Um, you know. I think there's a. If you don't believe masks are real, then this is the government overreaching and or if not that you don't think masks are real, but the need to wear masks is real or whatever, then this is government overreaching. And it's like an actual act of like, you know, visible tyranny, I guess, for you. Yes. But yes. On the other side of the spectrum, on the other side of the spectrum, if you live in a state where people are allowed to not wear masks or whatever, you're probably worried about your health or the health of your loved ones. So, right. right. 
And right. It, and, the, and the fact that you're surrounded by people that are science deniers. Yeah. And so it Which would be my biggest concern. Well, and it, and it brings a larger question then of like, you know, what at what point do the at what point do other people's beliefs become mm-hmm. not OK? Mm-hmm. And it's I think it's actually too part of like a larger question here on conspiracy theories generally. Like we posted a thing on Twitter the other day and I said something to the effect of, you know, um, some of these beliefs are dangerous or can become dangerous. And mm-hmm. Scott actually from Astonishing Legends posted and said, you know, the beliefs aren't dangerous or, you know, beliefs aren't dangerous. And I, rep- I replied and said, basically, you know, they're not dangerous mm-hmm. until someone makes you use them for something. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you yeah. act on them. Yeah. It's sort of like that old adage. And I don't know. People like have said, I don't know who I don't know where it originally was coined, but it's like I have the right to wave my fist in the air as much as I want until it hits you in the nose. Yeah, it's the idea of a it's the it's like from I think it comes from the argument or at least the time that I've read it is from mm-hmm. the argument of like positive versus negative rights. So like I have the right mm-hmm. to buy land, but mm-hmm. you but I also have the right for you not to hit me. Does that make sense? So I so I have rights that stop what? other people. I have rights that oh, stop yeah. other people from doing things. Right, 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 right. And so as right. a society, we ha- we all have that right so that people right. don't do things. But we right. also have rights that like confer to us something. Right. So yes. I, I have the yes. right to like, again, like I have the right maybe in our society today to like social security, let's say, or whatever. Yes. Um, yes. But I don't have the right to like, you know, hit you in the nose. Hit you in right. the nose. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I think I don't know. To me, it's like the the the. We keep saying hit you in the nose. It's sort of like the it's the thought experiment or the the ethics argument, right? Which is, you know, again, like I have the right to do whatever I want with my space and my body um, and my free will until it impacts someone else. Yeah. And that's when that's when um, that's when it is. That's when there's a problem. And I would I would argue uh, beliefs like anything can be weaponized. If I believe something strongly enough and I am the, 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 the move from believing to acting, right. I believe, I believe something quietly in my own home for a number of, a number of years. And then I leave my home with a gun and decide to shoot some public figure, right. That like that, that hair's breadth between those two things is what is the is what the is what the issue is. It's like the that that didn't that didn't turn on a dime. That clearly that belief has been activated into something else besides a belief. Right. But 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 it's but the I think that's the problem right. though, right? Is like, okay, the guy who's if you know some like it, mm-hmm. it brings up all kinds of really hard questions, right? Like, first off, can you ever predict or can you ever say for certain that like, let's let's take like let's take like racism, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody is part of like a racist skinhead group, whatever. Mm-hmm. They play in a skinhead band. They're, you know, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you or does the government have a responsibility or does society does does their family does whatever have a responsibility to try to sway that person's views 
I would say that the government, the people, everyone around them has a responsibility to understand where those views came from and how it got to be that. See, but that, but that, that's to me is like, well, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but that assumes that their beliefs are not true, right? That, that assumes that the beliefs are not true, but then is truth, is is, is truth a good? Subjective. Right. Or or is truth a thing anyways? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like if, if you're talking about, um, Oh, dude, this is this one's tricky. Um, I would say like, OK, if you want to use sort of a, an example to me, that would be. Uh, skinhead, the skinhead examples, pretty, pretty it's an extreme one. Let's look, but let's, yeah. let's look at somebody who is, um, you know, who who lives in a war torn, a war torn um, state, right? A war torn country. Um, they've seen their their neighborhood demolished. Um, they've seen their family killed, um, and they're, the people that are doing it are, are, you know, are their neighbors or are their, you know, the neighboring country. How do you not, how, how do you not, uh, it's, it's easy to take that belief or start to take the belief that that, um, that person who's seeing all that can be. Again, can be weaponized. Can be yeah. If that if that person if that person turns to terrorism, right? Is it is it because right. of the is it you know is it the fault of the person who initially perpetrated the the uh, the trauma on the person? Is right. it the is fault? It, is it of, the fault of the is it the fault of the person who who weaponizes um, them or weaponizes is the, them or is the yeah. weaponization or is the weaponization? Um, is the weaponization totally fine, right? Like, let's imagine you have like a galactic empire and then there's a <laughs> faction of like dissidents on a planet called like Alderaan, right? Like, oh, snap. You know, oh, look is, at this, you guys. Is it okay? Y'all tune no, back in. But yeah. no, but really though. Um, that is, that is. It's a really, it's, there's like a fine line there. And so, you know, I think as you edge towards the more extreme views, right? Stuff like, you know, mm-hmm. Um, like the way that I always kind of try to view it is like, do no or is the person a danger to themselves or others? But like mm-hmm. that is in itself a very like pattern, like paternalistic or like nanny statish view. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the vast, let's say the vast majority of like people who believe that the government, you know, the vast majority of people who believe the government is uh, a threat or there's a deep state or whatever, the vast mm-hmm. majority of those people don't, um, don't like go on a rampage and blow up a government building, no. but, but some of them do. And so is it, is there a responsibility or is there a law enforcement imperative or a need to control those arguments? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like is, or are we getting too close to censorship? And then the question becomes, well, who gets to decide what is a good or not thought like because again the difference between a terrorist and a freedom fighter is pretty thin yes yes and i don't think you can like uh, i don't know i don't think you can hide behind first amendment necessarily without without some type of responsibility um I do think that there's again, like what is the social, the social norm or the the dictate is that you, you don't 
you're not, um, you can't take actions that are going to negatively impact other people's lives. See, but okay, but that's the like, okay. I like, I honestly, I can't believe that I would ever make this argument or even have these oh, thoughts, frankly, because uh-huh. I think when I was like, I generally view myself as being very anti censorship, you know, mm-hmm. but, but like, for example, mm-hmm. if, like what? Okay, obviously, saying you should kill X person, that shouldn't be allowed, mm-hmm. right? It's like a directed action. It's like trying to get someone hurt. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably not a good thing to say. You know, yelling fire in a crowded theater, right, is another right. case where it's like right. you know right. you can expect there to be harm to people based on right. your words. So you right. probably you shouldn't right. say it, and so right. there should be a, a legal protection against it. Right, but. What what about emotional pain? Like what, you know, what about like trauma or what about, again, that deeper cascade of Alex Jones goes on his radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and says, says that the Sandy Hook is a is exactly a Sandy. Flag. Exactly. Sandy Hook is yeah. a false flag. And then people send death threats to the family of Sandy Hook uh, right. victims. Well. I think that he's responsible. I, I I am like I would like to think I'm anti-censorship in the regard that you know that the the government does not necessarily have the right to censor the media or censor or censor certain publications. However, I think that if Alex Jones is spouting something that is inflammatory and that is libel and is patently false and inciting people to take an action, whether it's it's almost like by proxy, then he's he has he that then he should have to pay some he either should be held up in court or he should be um there should be some sort of uh recompense for it. Right. Because so, that's what it is. It's it's basically by proxy. You're not you're not having you are not inciting them directly. You're not saying go kill them, but you are you are arming them and you're lighting the fuse and putting enough kindling under it to to set it on fire. Well, let's let's take a more let's take a more nuanced example then, or maybe a more a, a less extreme example then. Okay. What if. OK, so you are a member of a cult. Sweet. And you have given all of your money to the cult leader. Uh-huh. And then you get disillusioned. You leave the cult. Now you want to sue the cult leader for damages. Yes. But you believe the cult leader. Right. Like you made the choice, like like the cult leader didn't force you to join the cult. No, 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 no. I would I would still argue that uh, that if it's a cult, they are going to take certain actions that are going to systematically deprive you of of making best decisions for yourself. So it's, so it's, so it's not a cult. It's a religion. It's a religion. I give them all my money and then I'm disillusioned. And you want it back. And I want it back. You basically say, like, look, I went to this mega church. They made me, th- <laughs> you know, they made me believe in snake handling or whatever. Right. Some sect of some small sect of Christianity. Yes. It's protected or- and whatever. Like that per- the religious right. figure has protected speech. So is paranormal right. speech religious speech? 
So well, the thing being is I was not put under a level of duress to reach that belief. I voluntarily entered into that belief. Okay. So for you, right? it's like, they weren't, it's they weren't le- depriving me of sleep. They weren't, okay. they weren't cutting me off from my community. They weren't, um, you know, so it's like the, yeah. so it's the level, it's like the level of coercion. Drugs. Yeah. It's the yeah, level I mean, of coercion. It, yeah. There has to be some with, especially with cults, there is some level of physical and emotional coercion to get to that level of susceptibility, right. Sure. That you are buying in. I would say religion again, I would, I'm going to put out there that arguable, but there is not, you enter into a religious faith based on a, a voluntary action hmm. I to think, a degree, you know, right? I, I mean, yeah, it's, it gets really complicated. Like it's, uh-huh. it's really easy to make these arguments when like, it's clearly not true. You know, if right. I, if I told you I have. Um, if I told you I have a mansion I can sell you for a million dollars and you just have to trust me and then you give me a million dollars, like you're an idiot, but I still like, I've, I still defrauded you. Right. Well, you defrauded but me. I think, yes. But that's, but that's the thing with the paranormal. I think a lot of the times people think, well, these people are just idiots, right? Like, like they, they, a sucker they, born they were every de- minute. right. Yeah. They were defrauded because yeah. they weren't smart, but I can't, but it, that kind of feels like, you know, blaming the victim of something like mm-hmm. you know they're they're not dumb um no. people go no. to these things like again i think there is like a level of coercion there right. but i you know it just i don't know man but it if makes... you enter into something in good faith i mean you're not stupid for having good faith that is no. the operating that's sort of the operating system that i'm going to say that I'm, part of america is based on right like we go into things we want to go into things believing that um, but what we're going into has some level of, uh, like no bias or no, no ill intent or, or no, whatever, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, so if, I think if you go in and you are, you're like, uh, you know, again, like a, a sucker's born every moment and a fool and his money are soon parted. So it's like, you have, you have personal responsibility to understand what you're entering into but you also have the ability to want to enter into it voluntarily. Yeah, well, it... it, mm, it <sighs> In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on, it wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on CannedAirPodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Right? You have to have both. You have to have you have to have both. Right. But again, but I think us. again, though, it, it opens up the it opens up the question of. OK, so you have to went, enter voluntarily. You have to have good faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's on the part of the receiver or maybe the dupey, let's say, or whatever. But um, Uh but what if the duper really does believe, you know, so what if, you know, the guy, um, the guy leading the cult really does believe God is telling him to do these things. Right. 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 Then who the hell do you blame? Well, but you still blame. Okay, so with the cult, you still again, like you are you are going to with the cult, you go through certain steps that 
that decreased okay, your not, likely, not cult. Your yeah, let's get let's get yeah. rid of cult, right? Let's say let's say uh, again a new religious movement. Right. So it's not even a cult. It's just a new religion. Right. So this guy, wow. so this guy, the, you know, this lady thinks that the goddess, well, the goddess it, is speaking to her. Art. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, the, you know, the goddess is speaking her to her, says, listen, you need money. People need to be uh, in poverty. Mm-hmm. So what you mm-hmm. need to do is you need to get followers. You get their money. You build temples in my name. Right. Right. The person right. really believes it, that that's true. Well, that's um, the truth. You know, and if the, if other people buy into their truth, then that's 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 yeah. what that is, right? I mean, like, I can't say that other people's religious beliefs are coerced or are, um, I don't want to say bad, but you know, I can't say that they, I can't I can't cast a, a a judgment on them, and I don't think that's what you're doing either. But I think that that's like my thing is like if you choose to believe, I do not. I do not. And if you try to uh, prompt me, <laughs> I will be vocal in why I don't agree with that. Um, I'm not going to give you money. I'm not going to. Right. But if you choose to do that with your money, that is that is your choice. Because of your belief, if that church ultimately gets big enough that it starts to. um you know, deny people civil rights, yada, yada, yada. Like it becomes to take it uh, an action beyond a religious faith. Then that is when, again, that's when that becomes a problem that hasn't, I, does that happen with all huge religions? Well, you, you and I would probably say yes. Right. Yes, it does. It becomes mm-hmm. a mechanism in which it is, it financially defrauds people and, and, you know, and, impoverishes them in a, in a number of different emotional ways. But um, I don't, you know, like that's a, that's a harder, like you said, that's a, that's a murkier argument. Yeah. I mean, so listeners, <laughs> why are we bringing all these things up? It's a good question. Because a lot of those same arguments can be applied to paranormal belief, you know? So is if if you are making a TV show or you're selling money to go on a ghost tour, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I think that's a level of like people. It's good faith, right? People don't really maybe they believe in ghosts, but they don't. They think it'll be fun. You're yeah. providing a service. It's a good time. But that I think it's fun. But I think a lot of us would think that that's different. It's very yeah. different than charging people money to come here. You speak about your new religion. Or your your right. communication with the aliens or, um, you know, pay you people paying you to come and exercise demons from their children. Right. Yeah, that is that is different in some important way. But the issue or the challenge then becomes, well, how? OK, if this is something bad that harms people, mm-hmm. you know, first off, we have to get over that. Do we think this actually harms people? I don't know. I kind of think it does um, because I've had people in my own life be harmed by it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, maybe again, a sucker is born every minute. Maybe that's just it's just a part of life. You know, you can't protect people from having incorrect thoughts. But so then it becomes a question of, well, if you can't protect people from incorrect thoughts or if we don't think it's important to, to correct people about incorrect thoughts or teach them better or mm-hmm. provide them with better education, Mm-hmm. Um, then what do you do? 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, like is, mm-hmm. is, is there even a moral reason for skepticism then? Um, is yes. there a moral imperative for um, going out and being skeptical? Like, I think, yes. I think, yeah, well, yeah. I think there probably is to some extent, <laughs> but like, sorry, but most skeptics, I think most skeptics though, and especially the skeptics that people think are would consider to be debunkers or whatever, they're not uh-huh. doing it because they they just like debunking things. I think at the core of it, they're doing it because they think they're protecting people. Well, I think that I think that so an extreme uh, here's a relatively extreme example, but you have someone who is very much into conspiracy theories, so much into conspiracy theories that they that they buy into QAnon, right? So what is your responsibility to a family member or to someone who's a friend if you are skeptical of that? Right. Like that's I so I would say, yes, you you have a ethical you have a ethical obligation in my way or in my opinion to say to 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 try and broach that subject and find out why that person why does that person believe in that? What you know, what was the thing that made them that made them believe it? And then how do you like. And this is sort of a question that I think a lot of people are asking is like, how do you break that cycle? See, but already, but already, though, in that argument, we've assumed that QAnon is a bad idea. Yes, that it's a a bad thought to have. But I don't think QAnon is much different. Like it is different. Right. Mm -hmm. People have been activated on it. But is Mm -hmm. QAnon much different than UFO belief? Like people have died because they believed in UFOs. I, you know, and maybe it's more of a personal or situational thing like if again with like QAnon if it's if it's your parents you know and you can't have conversations with them without that becoming something that's an issue if it's like you're like losing losing close friends because of it I mean maybe that's more that's more of the case I think with believers I don't necessarily know if that's like I've stopped talking to people because they've been so adamant about their belief in something sure i mean i I guess it's it's a it's a difference right and for sure i think that QAnon is more virulent and dangerous than ufo beliefs like like, don't don't get me wrong but i'm just saying from the point of view of this argument or whatever like is so is that the distinction then is the distinction that we have to make then the tendency towards harm so like if someone believes in QAnon. Mm-hmm. And it starts to negatively impact their lives. Then you need to step in and try to help them. Um, but again, it you know it just seems and not like even help them, but like question. I would say like true skepticism is questioning. Like I'm going to ask questions. Yeah. Like why is this? So where did you get this idea from? Well, okay, but or where you know, is this from? But let's right? take let's take the example of like the terrorism example, right? right. If if you knew. That 20 years ago, you could have stopped a terrorist attack by simply debunking or, you know, and then that's I think there's another operational argument here, which is debunking doesn't fucking work. Hmm. It does not convince anybody of anything. It just makes believers believe harder. Well, yeah, but do you think that that's I mean, we and we did discuss this on our last episode about debunking just puts you further down the rabbit hole. But when where's the bottom of the rabbit hole with that? When can you finally, do you think that there is a point with conspiracy theorists or with people that believe in these things? And I'll just go with conspiracy theory now, just because it's kind of a an easy target. Like, but they're finally like, huh, no, I don't. Like, it, it, what's, where, where does it break? I honestly don't know. 
Like I used to think, and that's the that's the other the reason why I'm thinking about this, listeners, is frankly, I'm going through kind of a come to Jesus moment or like a, I don't know, a crisis of faith, I guess. When I started this or when I started getting involved in this, I really thought that engaging with people constructively mm-hmm. and pointing out cases where I thought people were being taken advantage of was a good thing. And would mm-hmm. help, would, would like help people. Mm-hmm. And that's kind, it's kind of worked, I think, to some extent. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had listeners come and say like, hey, you know, your show is really cool. You made me change my mind on this, whatever. Like that has happened to us. Mm-hmm. But. Then we've the, had other listeners that are like, the woman swears too much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like the woman. She has a, she has too high a voice. She's shrill. Um, she's, she's shrill. shrill. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, she's shrill but, okay. but on the, on the other hand though, uh-huh. sometimes it makes me wonder, like, are you just by engaging with these communities, are you almost just like throwing Tinder or, or, or making sparks? Right. Because like, let's take the terrorism example, you know, Mm -hmm. the terrorism thing, for example. If if you knew 100 percent that you could go to a local community and by showing them that, you know, the leader of this terrorist sect was like, I don't know, uh, you know, turns out he was hanging out in Pakistan with a buttload of porn, um, you know, like bin Laden um, for listeners who didn't get the joke. if you could do that and be sure oh. that it would change people's opinion and stop a terrorist mm-hmm. cell from growing that would go on to kill like thousands of people, um, I think most people would say, well, I would do it. Right. That's that's the right thing to do. That's a good thing to do. Yes. But if you going there and preaching a different faith or anti-terrorism or whatever just makes like it, it can convert some people, but mostly it just makes people like hardened or more hardened in their belief well that's because i I don't think that showing them that their leader is is false is necessarily the 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 unlock right like i don't know i don't think because it's not about the leader it's about them see but but that's the that's the interesting thing though right is as far as far as i can tell Uh and as far as is everything i've read and whatever the only way to actually get people to change their mind is to let them change their mind. Right. You just give them the space and the time to do it. Right. The problem with that is it, it means that engagement with communities like this, like basically you Mm -hmm. just need to let the scab heal in a way, right? You just need to let the wound heal. Like, and that's, and that sounds like, again, you, but I think you can ask them questions. Like, I think you can give them prompts in which to think about stuff, which again, this kind of goes back to like deprogramming on cults. Like I think you can, you, and there's a, there's a, a relatively recent example of a, a, um, a troll that went after Sarah Silverman and he believed in all of these very radical right wing ideas. And he began to have this sort of dialogue with Sarah Silverman, the comedian, Right. Who I don't necessarily find. Fun. I, I don't I, she's not my favorite, but I was like, wow, this is a really weird example. Like this person who clearly was very adversarial to her. And she basically like talked to him, talked to him, asked him questions. And he 
uh, he I hate to say broke, but he like he literally questioned his own beliefs and saw and saw through some logic and changed his mind. Well, and so that's those have been the only cases Mm -hmm. where honestly, I feel like we've been we know about it. But no, but like but even even like our show. Right. Uh Like, I think those are the cases where we have been successful is where people kind of get past like the straw men or straw women or whatever. We're just these evil skeptical debunkers or whatever. And then we just talk to people. But again, it's a very like, (laughs) you know, where it's like a very colonial almost attitude. It's like going, Mm -hmm. you know, we're Christian missionaries going to talk to the savages. Right. Like, it's a very like fucked up view i feel like almost and that's and that's why i'm having this like weird you know moment i guess is because i'm i I don't know man like i'm not sure what the answer is i'm not even sure if an answer is ethical like i don't even know if um like i I, like i I used to have this Mm -hmm. very i used to have a very sort of i guess what's the word one of my buddies who I I was in philosophy with just texted me the other day and mm-hmm. asked me if I still held this view about mm-hmm. UFOs. And it's kind of funny. And I can't think of the word he used, but it was pretty good. Almost like a, um, I guess I've always had kind of a very dialectical view of, mm-hmm. of arguments or thoughts or whatever, where, and again, kind of like from Dawkins, like meme or memetics or whatever, or even genetics, you know, where memetics kind of borrows a lot of ideas from or whatever. And whether or not you think meme, you know, memetics or whatever is real or not, it's kind of neither here nor there for this argument. But basically, I've kind of always had this view since since undergrad, since being introduced to this, that like moral thoughts or just general thoughts that people have or communities have are kind of always warring with each other. And the the ones that are the most advantageous are the and advantageous might not mean like genetically advantageous or whatever. It might just be like makes the most money or like is the most entertaining or is the most funny or whatever. Those ideas are the ones that kind of win out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. I've always kind of had that view. And so from that view, then one type of thinking or one type of theory that is very effective is the scientific worldview, right? It's gotten us technology. It's kind of promoted our society. It's whatever, but prevailed, but maybe that isn't actually like, maybe that's just a, maybe that's just a mistake. Like maybe it prevailing or us thinking it prevailed Mm -hmm. is just like bullshit. Like maybe, maybe it just prevailed because it gave us like technology or whatever. But once you have enough technology, you go back. Or maybe another type of theory works or maybe, you know, we're always just kind of because I don't I honestly don't think that like the scientific worldview has one. Actually, you know, most people don't consider themselves or don't, you know, are, aren't atheists, aren't um, strict materialists, aren't whatever. And so it's kind of like a very I think this idea of there being like holy warriors for both sides that you can have like skeptical warriors and believer warriors and ghost hunters and Bigfoot warriors and whatever. These people fighting for all their ideas. Like, I I still kind of think that I I do still think that, but it's sort of, I guess I'm less, I guess I am less sure than ever of what it actually is that makes an idea a good idea or what, or a thought, a beneficial thought or whatever, because Mm -hmm. again, you know, 
Well, I think so. I think what makes a thought a good thought is that you are willing to question that belief in genuine, just like you're doing now. Right. I mean, you might come back with doubt. Like, I think doubt actually makes uh, is what is imperative to like and we've discussed this before, but it's, it's imperative to like um, to, to being a skeptic. It's not just doubt in other things or cynicism. It's doubt in a healthy amount of doubt in my own beliefs. Like, yeah. do I believe something because of this or is it because of that? Or is it, you know, is it right? Like, I think that is what actually makes it good because people who don't question themselves or question others and just have this sort of moral imperative that's unchanging are the ones that are easily weaponized. They're the ones that are easily uh, manipulated because there's no point that they ever reflect. Yeah. And so then we end up, we kind of end up, I think at the crux of it, which is maybe the answer here isn't again, teaching people what to think, but teaching people how to think. Right. Yeah. Teaching people rational, uh, not even necessarily rationalism, but teaching people how to pick apart arguments, you know, Um, that you're not always going to be right. Yeah. And being right isn't always the answer. Right. Like I know a lot of people that I work with now that are very, very afraid to say that they've made a mistake. Right. I think and this is something that as you get older, you get into any kind of a job. You, you do not want to say, hey, we just spent the last six months and we got nothing out. Like we just made a huge error on this. And I think that that kind of thinking is one of those things that you're so afraid to you're so afraid to admit what is perceived to be a failure that you don't learn from what you're actually supposed to see. You know what I mean? It's like if something fails again, it's like the scientific method. If something fails, there's a good reason for it. And you should talk about it and look at it and evaluate it without judgment or fear. And I think that that's one of the things that kind of gets beat out of everybody at a very early age is you don't admit, you don't admit weakness and you don't admit that you failed at something or that you're wrong. Like I work with someone who I consider really, really, really smart, super perceptive. They pick things up super fast. Um, They're very nimble minded, but they never, ever say they were wrong. And you can see where it's held them back kind of on their overall arc of anything. Cause it's like, they're so afraid to have that, to have that moment of being wrong that they've never, like they've never been fired from a job. They've never royally fucked something up or, you know, but they've never, but they've never been able to come back and say, okay, well maybe this didn't work. Cause I wasn't the right person for it. I wasn't the right fit. I was fighting against myself. To, to try and achieve something that I don't even really want, but I'm so afraid to fail, even if it could teach me something. Mm-hmm. My two cents. No. Cause I've been, I've, and I have been fired from a shitload of jobs. People, <laughs> let me tell you, at least I can count at least seven, at least seven. And look at me. I'm uh, out here kicking. Marie. I'm not, I'm not sure we can <laughs> end on a better note than that. <laughs> let's, let's wrap it up. Listeners, thank you for hearing us ramble about about this topic here today. I think it's an important one, especially after our last episode on disclosure. Might even release these as like two episodes together, um, just like just like on the same day or something, because I think they go together and it's it's an important question. I think, again, it's like, you know, you 
I don't know. I think I think doubt and being able to admit you're wrong and being humble about your own beliefs. Yeah. Like Marie and said, curious. that's the important thing. And curious. Yeah. 100%. Being curious. Yeah. All right, dear listeners. We love you all. Big hugs. Big hugs. Thank you again, dear listeners, for listening to the Mad Scientist podcast. I have been your host, Chris Cogswell, joined by my co-host, Marie Mayhew. If you'd like to contact the show, please send us an email at themadscientistpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter at madscientistpod or at teamgiantsquid for Marie. And of course, you can see us on Facebook, on Instagram, and all over the internet as the Mad Scientist Podcast. And again, our logo is the one with the pumpkin head, so it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. If you've enjoyed the show tonight, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where the money that you give to us will help us to promote this show further, to make it better, and just to spend more time making it. Because we love doing that. We do love doing that. Our logo was designed by Carrie Shaheen. Our web design is done by Desdemona Howard. And our sound design is done by Jake Cardinal. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) Thank you. This has been a damn it chippy production. Jake, 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 Jake. So, uh, oh man, it's like Lin Manuel. It's like Lin Manuel over here. I'm telling you. So good. Um, So good with this. Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.